Welcome home to a life without limits, where you honor your alignment, nourish your soul, and awaken your inner goddess. Some days we fly, some, well, we've got you, sister. Abundance is your birthright. This is your remembrance. Hot Mess Goddess, juicy conversations for a luscious life. I am so privileged to have a beautiful new friend on the episode this week, Amelia Jane, who's just had a name change too, which we'll go into shortly. But Amelia is an energy healer, a womb diviner, a spiritual ascension guide, also a modern day seer and an astral shaman. And on top of all of that, founded the Mystique School of the Temple of Arts way back in 2008. So I'm just so excited to hear what you have to share with us today. Amelia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me and welcome to everyone that's listening today. Uh, I've been really looking forward to this one all week since we arranged it because we met in Perth back in January of this year at a VIP day with Marcy Locke. And I was just so inspired by your mm, the energy of your personal power that I felt come through so strongly because I used to be really intimidated by powerful women and I felt less than. But with your energy, I just felt really inspired by that and inspired to lift up myself. So thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. I would love to know, I was asking you just before, I have not even heard of ASEA. So can you tell us what you actually do? Oh, that's a very, very interesting question because my work evolved. Uh, a seer is another word for a psychic, a medium, a channel that sees through dimensions or past dimensions in the future as well. And you use your third eye and the psychic activity to actually see what's coming through either for yourself or for clients in sessions, which can be really therapeutic when you're working in healing work with clients, because sometimes you can see things that are in their body on a cellular level or soul level that the clients can't. Yeah. So I bring that into my client work when I do energy healing, providing that the soul of the person that I'm working with has actually given consent for it to come through. And that's the way I sort of run each of my sessions is that I have the divinity of I'm the vessel for whatever's meant to come through for that client. They have consented for their soul to up level in our work together. So whatever messages come through, I share them via a seer and through my third eye, psychic vision flashes, I guess, energy and intuition hints as well. So it makes life very, very interesting and it changes from a day-to-day basis. (laughs) I bet it does. Oh, my gosh. Because I know a lot of women in my life that are either psychic or healers or a combination energy Mm -hmm. workers of some sort. But from what I've witnessed of what you share, it is a very unique style (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I like to call my client journeys metaphysical. And what I mean by that is I'm trained in about four different modalities. And when I'm in client sessions, my intuition is so strong that I'll use a combination of all of them in the client journey. So sometimes that will be psychic vision stuff. Sometimes it will be energy healing work. Sometimes it'll be womb activation work. Um, I have the ability to communicate with souls and spirits and beings from other dimensions. So if they're attached to the client that I work with and it's either a good or a bad thing, we work with that part of it as well. What I'm seeing at the moment in this new age world that's coming is so many people are stepping up 
to their own divinity. And we all have the capability of being supernatural. So in the last probably five, six weeks alone, all the clients I'm working with, their third eyes were blocked. And now they're coming up going, we need to unblock because we need to see, we need to step into our authentic purpose. Healers are stepping up with innate supernatural gifts because we're all working together as a collective to work with the new energy that's coming on the planet, which is, you know, being in our own power, our own gifts, and no longer being ashamed of hiding of going, oh my God, I see dead people. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of in the, in the marketing of the past has been where spiritual, we're too woo woo, but now that's almost becoming mainstream. I feel so people can feel safe to come out. Yeah, ah, it is, and there's so many different sorts of people really coming out with their authentic way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought, almost less than like I'm not a healer, I'm not this, I'm not that. You know, there were so many labels, but even for myself, the last few weeks. My third eye has been absolutely buzzing and I don't see visions and I don't speak with dead people, although I do have hilarious conversations with my own guides and sometimes I wonder if it's all in my head. But either way, it's fun. And I've noticed just with that, my expression, which is something I've always inhibited, that is now just really exploding, whether Mm -hmm. it's in written form or speaking. It's just all starting to, the more I accept it, that this is what I'm here for. Yeah. The Good. more it's really evolving and it's even surprising myself sometimes. So I love yeah. that everyone's doing it in their own way. Mm. It's just fascinating. I was going to say, and some people, and like what you were saying, some people have supernatural gifts, but some people are gifted musicians, some clothing designers that have transmissions in them. So there's a real variety of gifts that we're all bringing to the planet at the moment in a natural, authentic expression. And that's all contributing together for the, in my opinion, the healing of humanity at the moment. If anything, COVID has done the most beautiful gift to humanity has made us stop and really slow down and go, what do I want to do with my life? Yeah, is it this? If not, it's time to start doing my dream, you know? And that's a beautiful thing to see, yeah. Oh, it is. There's some beautiful music going around, you know, into coming into my life at the moment that I can just almost feel the freaking codes in it or something. There's yeah. just, it's really activating and incredibly beautiful mm. to listen to. And I just seem to feel more and see more when I'm listening to it. So yeah. I'm loving what's what's coming out into coming the world out. right now. And the music can have a transmission that activates you on a real deep DNA cellular level. Pictures that you watch, clothes that you wear. I remember, you know, only a few months ago, I bought this priestess top dress for a photo shoot for my new branding in my business. And the clothing designer, Camilla, she is a spiritual designer. So she goes to different spiritual places around the world and she gets inspiration from her trips in how she designs the clothes. And I swear she infuses something in her piece because the first time I tried on the dress, when I received her, I had dreams about Egypt. And I just went, that's her gift to the world. She's a magician in the clothes that she creates. Other people make music that have the reaction that you do. Other people are energy healers and wake up souls. Other people are gifted sportsmen that create an audience of inspiration. You know, we're all contributing in our own way. And um, we just have to tap into our heart and really feel like what makes our soul come alive and do that? What is our heart open? What do we enjoy? And the closer you are to your genius, that's when you can really live a life of true abundance. Oh, yeah. Boom right there. It's just, Mm -hmm. oh, it's so perfect. And I was reading one of your posts just before we started this, and it inspired me. I don't normally do this, but inspired me to read out some of the words. 
I've noticed the feeling of the crumbling of the energetic structures, timelines, and the current way of life. Earth grid lines are shifting, new ones are forming, parallel realities are merging, really noticing the false guru stuff everywhere. And you've written new age businesses here, marketing tactics, buzzwords, plant medicine visions do not apply, energetic raping of people to make money will stop. Oof. Mm. And only authenticity and application of your genius will thrive. How fucking powerful is that? Mm. Yeah. It's really strong in my heart at the moment. And um, it's almost like, I can sense an energetic wall with people that are using those strategies to make business because general marketing teachings are all about find a person's pain point, harp on about that, make them feel broken, and then my product actually solves you, right? But where a lot of businesses are going wrong is their product is selling hope. So if that particular brand promise is not clear or evident for each person that buys, well, then they may not get the result that they're actually looking for, which leads to disappointment and burnout. And then we go, oh, we've just hired another coach that we're not actually getting results from. And the resentment builds the energy into paying for that negative, what they deem negative experience also builds as well. And for me, it's kind of like, it's got to this point and I've gone through many coaches in my own journey as well. And they're all part of my own co-creation and all part of my own level of development to learn. And I take full responsibility for that. But I think if we step back as humans and go, what does this soul want? Is this person the right person for my program rather than just sell for the sake of selling the community and the value exchange energetically is really beautiful and heartfelt at all times. It's not just about, well, I'm selling because I want to sell. If you don't do my work, I don't care. It's kind of like, I want to take care of you while you're in my container and love you up to the next level that you're meant to come to in our work together. And the authenticity, it's so many people are afraid to be real. There's so many business coaches online that on social media appear to have their act together. But behind the scenes, they're not. Yeah. And you can smell that almost in the energetics or sniff it when you're reading posts online. You oh. know how that person is behind the scenes and they're not like that on social media and you've met them face to face and you go, uh, there's an incongruency there, if that makes sense. And oh, that's totally. That's my wish is that everyone just goes, what's and all, be real, be authentic and just share your wisdom without any shame and that your truth may not be everyone else's truth and that's okay in itself, Yeah. 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 From a copywriter's perspective, everything that you were just speaking of, you know, I've felt so much and I think I wrote about it recently as well. And one of the reasons that I refused for so long to call myself a copywriter, and I still do really, is because it had that, there were so many tactics and things I learned over the years that were just exactly like you said, make someone feel like shit, talk about their pain points, talk about how you can solve them. And it doesn't actually take into consideration, are you even compatible with each other? And when you sell like that, that's what brings about buyer's remorse. And it's not just remorse or um, resentment for the person. They, they're remorseful and they beat themselves up. Oh, fuck, I've wasted money again on something else. Yeah. Yet another course that didn't do what I thought it would do. And it's no good for them. It's no good for anyone. No. I think it's really important that businesses really get honest and go, what is my brand promise? And if you can't promise something and you're just selling experience, be open with that too. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe have conversations with people and see if you're even a good fit 
Yeah, and I know in, in my my own business that when I have interactions with the clients that are coming on board, just in the first initial couple of interactions, I can tell energetically whether they're a right fit. And um, just by the way, the questions that they're asking and their energetics, I can feel and they go, they're not, it's not a right fit for my program. My body will shut down energetically. I'll go, I can't hold the container for that client. Um, it's not, they're not willing to go deep enough for the work that I do. And you make that choice and go, for me to be in full integrity, this is not the right program for you. And I often have that conversation. So I'm sorry, but this is not the right program for you at this point where you are. But later on, it may be. And that keeps me completely authentic and aligned with the work that I do because there's no point working with clients that don't want to take responsibility for their own growth. And then you have a sense of remorse. They have a sense of remorse. And then exactly like what you're saying, they regret actually buying your program when ideally they weren't suited for it in the first place. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And it all Mm. just comes down for me to integrity. Yeah, yeah. Because I could have the best product in the world and they could be the perfect client for that product, but energetically we're not a match, but someone else will be for them. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and just be okay with that, that we're not there for everyone. That our soul-coded clients come to us, they know without a doubt that we're meant to fit, and our soul and our body, when we meet that person, go, oh, my God, yes, you're a perfect fit. And that's where the beautiful co-creations, in my opinion, happen because every person that we alter or interact with in our energy and up-level them, there's a ripple effect that goes around the world. And we can literally heal the world one person at a time by the energetic intent that we create with each interaction. And if people are walking around feeling wounded and ripped off and stuck, energetically that fear that this movement became very evident to me when COVID first happened. It was just everyone was stuck in fear. The energy, you just walk outside and you feel like you need to have a shower. It was really dense and really heavy because people were getting programmed constantly that the economy is shutting down, you're going to lose your jobs, we don't know how long we're going to be in lockdown for, and the freedom of expression was completely robbed temporarily and the people that then chose to go, okay, how do I feel about this? What's coming up for me? I saw a massive activation of trauma in a lot of clients that I was working with at the time when COVID first happened, but it wasn't trauma due to COVID. It was previous trauma from childhood where they didn't feel safe as what was activating. Wow. And then the media was kind of like, the fear mongering was only propelling that further. So everyone that had unprocessed trauma that they were, they didn't feel safe at some point in their life. It was activating in their cells. And that was what was potentially in my opinion, driving the panic buying with toilet paper and stuff like that. Um, It was just funny at the time, but it wasn't funny, right? Full respect to all the people that have been sick with it, things like that. But I was just interested in the collective as to how humanity was actually mentally and energetically processing this information. And then what I was supporting my clients with at the time was really interesting what I was seeing activate in their cells as well. So it's been like a massive earth purging, I think, with this. Yeah, it's been fascinating because I don't watch the news at all because I used to be a news journalist and write that stuff and fill my head with it on a daily basis. And I just refuse to do that anymore. Mm. But so many people, like my family, my parents were talking to me about all the fear and all the things and going, no, don't want to know. They're going, just putting your head in the sand, like that's what sort of thing are you doing to yourself? And I'm going, I'm keeping myself free of all of that fucking fear and negativity and crap that you're clearly wound up in. And Mm. then that was fine for them to do. But no wonder people were mass buying toilet paper. And so I am not surprised. (laughs) Shocked, but not surprised. Um, You have to choose your energy and low vibration energy is what makes you sick and your body depletes and we already had enough going on with the fear going around so it's like you choose your energy what you're exposed to very wisely yeah it's 
it's been an interesting journey, I think. It's been very interesting. But it's I think we're on the other side of it now. Yeah. I've seen a lot of your posts over the last few months and you mm-hmm. seem to be up to date with the energetics of the earth and the cosmos. So what's actually going on? There's a, There's been a few things that have been going on. Um, there's there's been some spiritual wars that have been going on since March. So what I started to see collectively, and it was really interesting, and this uh, that's potentially why I raised COVID to start with, that when COVID first happened and launched onto the Earth's sphere, it was almost like humans were on a point of self-destruction as a collective. It was whether it's a man-made virus, whether it was an accidental virus, who knows what the outcome or the origin or the plans it is. You'll see some people that talk about the dark forces that planted it and stuff like that. But what Earth was doing because of the, the fear collective was actually on the verge of self-destructing. And I remember like um, in March, I went to Adelaide to visit my family that I hadn't seen in quite a few years and introduced my new fiancé to them. And I got woken up at two or three o'clock in the morning by what I perceived, no, perceived is not the, the wrong word, what I actually knew, were five reptilian high priestess women that said, your time is now to contribute to the grid. So I knew, I'd known for about five or six years that at some point, all the light workers on the planet were going to be asked to put their own energy into the grid to alter the energetic vibration of Earth. So at two o'clock in the morning, I got woken up by these beings and said, it's your time to contribute now. And literally what I saw was a vision of light beams emitting from my body up to the earth's sphere just outside space and these actual beings were actually all the light workers that were woken up at the same time so this light energetic grid was actually encasing the whole entire earth and i saw thousands and thousands and the whole whole global vision of all these light beams going out from people that were planted all over the world that were obviously woken up and then the grid was changing to a love frequency Initially, sometimes when you get visions of that caliber, you go, was that a dream or did I just make that up, right? Yeah. Um, And this is always a point of my up-leveling as a spiritual being is sometimes I see stuff and go, do I want to share that? (laughs) It's quite in-depth, right? And I shared it in a couple of groups and said, this is what I saw last night. Did anyone else see this? And then I was overwhelmed with about 50 or 60 people in one group in particular that said, I saw exactly the same thing and felt it at the same time that you were talking about. I contributed to the grid too. And then I was told like that there was like a 36 hour window where the love vibration was moving around the globe to actually start slowing down the energetic permeation of fear into the earth grid, because literally what was happening at that moment and why we were called in, there's always a balance of dark and light forces on earth. And there's always like a spiritual war that is going on. If one up tips the balance on the other, that's when chaos sets loose. And what was also happening during that time was there was dark forces in the forms of beings, psychic attacks, entities that were coming in from the grid and they were actually psychically attacking light workers that weren't coming out to block them. And I was getting messages almost every day going, oh, I've had this attack. How do I deal with it? My mother saw this. I saw that being when I was sleeping. I got paralyzed in my sleep. All this stuff was going on in a really dark energetic space that was quite terrifying to a lot of people. But we as a collective were actually attracting that with the fear vibration because those types of energetic forces can only attach to a human when there's a wound that's open and active in our auric field and it gives consent for them to come in and latch on to rob us of our power and i don't know if you follow the human resonance field the earth energetic resonance of the grid changes only what you've been sharing yeah and so to give listeners a guideline 7.83 megahertz is the actual base guideline of the earth grid and that's basically you could say is 3d energetic structure 
Anytime we go above that is when we're moving into 4D and 5D frequencies and you'll see white spikes on the actual, um, on the actual grid. So what was actually happening when the spikes were going on was the 5D grids were eventuating on the earth grid and were moving up to numbers of 60, 80, 100, 120. But then the dark forces were coming in to try and smack it down because literally earth is rebooting at the moment. And my post about the earth grids are crumbling. The old energetic structure of the old age is literally falling apart. And what I mean by that is the masculine presence is dropping in the sense of masculine ways of materialism taking advantage of people to make money capitalism um, there's such a disconnection in humanity we're all stuck on social media devices we don't talk to each other people have forgotten how to feel <laughs> they've forgotten how to love one another and that was what was really rising in the dark forces and then add fear of oh my god there's a virus that's going to kill us all that was the perfect opportunity for them to come in and try and destroy right and then in march end of march april the war was won by the light workers coming in. But at the moment, about six weeks ago, there's another wave coming in. So there's a second wave of COVID that's running in Melbourne, Australia at the moment. that has been running for a while, but you know, there's an energetic preface that there could be more second waves around the world because there's another attack that's going on as well. So it depends on what train of thought, and what schools of thought that you listen to, but there's always dark forces in the universe that are trying to do, but the balance is good. It's okay. But this time around, Earth seems to be winning, which is good, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'm happy about that. Yeah. That's when... always been something that, you know, I've always been, I just want to be in the light, love and mm. light. And, of course, that's that's what I'm attracted to. That's only yeah. natural. But it's I haven't wanted to even acknowledge there's anything dark. I haven't wanted yeah. to acknowledge my dark feelings or the, any darkness within myself. Mm. And there is always that polarity and... You know, I was always in fear of it. Yeah. But we don't really need to be in fear. Like that's obviously what yeah. the purpose of it is. Yeah, absolutely. So instead of being in fear, like how do we empower ourselves knowing that there's dark and light, just like there's night and day and every other opposite? It's a really good question because like there's, in the sense of um, the darkness that lies within you, there is dark feminine energy, which is a really beautiful, healing, powerful energy, right? And when people talk about the darkness, they don't look at that side of the actual energetic structure. Dark feminine is beautiful power for energy you can access from the womb, um, means you're fully in your power and using from a healing capacity. But most people these days refer to the darkness as the shadows within themselves. You hear the term shadow alchemy or doing shadow work. Yeah. A shadow is basically an energetic structure that's within you, which is a trauma of some kind that is telling you that you're not great about yourself and it's stuck in your nervous system in an unconscious trigger loop. And some trains of thought will go, if you learn to look at it and love it, that means that it doesn't control you anymore. But at the end of the day, looking at a shadow and loving it just means that you're still going to control your life. Real energetic work needs to be done to remove the shadow that's there that's actually stopping you being in your full abundance and beautiful authenticity and self and power. And that could be, you know, feelings of self-worth. It could be clients of sexual trauma that they haven't recovered from, uh, all sorts of wounding that when they encounter a certain situation, they get so triggered they become irrational. And we've all had people that we've seen in a situation where suddenly something was said and then they've acted really irrationally 
and you can't make sense of what they're saying because I've gone into active trigger and they're unconscious when they're speaking. And that's when shadow is in play, trying to kick you out. Um, you're reliving a, a traumatic experience in your body and your brain literally shuts down most of your body functions just except for breathing and your heartbeat so you can actually get through the day with whatever's occurred, yeah? yeah. And that's what I refer to as the darkness, as the pieces of you that you don't want to look at. And a really good way to tell that is can you stand being alone in the house by yourself with no people around you? Can you sit there and be alone in your own company or do you suddenly get fears of I'm not good enough, I'm lonely and all that negativity comes up? And that's a really good way to start your journey and go, what's there? Can I stand to be by myself? Because if you can't, there's a wound there or something that needs looking at so you can bring yourself back into wholeness. Oh, that's fascinating because I was always the opposite. I love my own company, mm. but when I'm around others, those fears would kick in and the feelings of insignificance and yeah. the, the comparison, of course, which so many are familiar with. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Everyone battles at some point um, low self-esteem or comparing themselves to others because ultimately we're herd animals. We're, we're, we're desperately seeking to be accepted by the tribe. But if you do you know, shadow archetype work, Wanting to be accepted by the tribe is the prostitute archetype. It's just I will sell and do whatever I have to do to fit in so I'm not rejected from my tribe. And late last year, I was seeing an epidemic of uh, women that were marketing their businesses half naked in bikinis and things like that. Yeah. And that's a classic example of the prostitute shadow running of I will sell my body and my soul to make money. But a woman that's in her power and the lover archetype will, will just hold that space. And you referred to that earlier that I'm powerful, but it's um, not triggering because I'm embodied in the power that I hold with deep self-love. And that can either inspire people to be like that or it can trigger people because it brings up that sense of, well, I don't feel that way about myself and it's how yeah. you hold yourself as well, which is, yeah, it's a beautiful gift and it took a long time to get there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. for the ones that are triggered, well, that's a gift for them as well, which Absolutely. I've learned over the years to see everything as a gift. But I would yeah. love to know more about the uh, shadow feminine or the dark feminine, sorry, that you were talking about. That fascinates me. The dark feminine, in my opinion, is like an energetic structure. So we've got the light and dark of both masculine and feminine, right? If we look at most light workers, right, that are running on earth in 3D grid, they're basically working in the light masculine. It's, it's sort of the doing energy, right? The dark feminine is when you feel the real fierce energy, the power that's really deep and embodied, and you feel it and you go, whoa, what's that force, right? Um, and that comes from really being anchored in your wound space with a really active wound because the dark feminine energy can be accessed by any woman that's got a really open activated womb. And that's some of the work that I actually do with clients is I specialise in activating the black light. So the black light in equivalent is the dark energy dark and dark feminine energy that's black matter fortune even existed we as women all have a powerful portal in us that is dormant until we wake it up and that is the point if you can imagine the point of creation so if we're talking about like the manifestation process we go oh, i want to bring this thing into my life and i want to manifest it we have the thought on the 3d world but there's also, it comes in from the 5D world, the, the fifth dimensional grid. So, but that vibration, that thought already exists. So when they talk about like attracts like, we change our vibration to match that thing. So then it comes to us. When you're working with dark feminine energy, you're in the 5D grid, but you're actually, there's no vibrational thought there of what you're creating. You go into that space, the void, 
and actually create the actual thing that you want to do from scratch. And that, in my experience, is a really, really powerful energy to work with. And, and I'm going to share a really personal story that, um, that I haven't shared with too many people, but what I learned from that experience, because even as a spiritual worker and a coach and a healer, I still make mistakes in my own journey, but I learn from them, right? And when I activated my own black light and worked with this energy, I, would, I severely underestimated the power of how specific you have to be in your request. And I'm 44, turning 45, and I've been trying to have a baby with my partner, my second marriage that's coming up, for two years. And we worked with my womb energy to conceive a child. And when we're in the actual dark feminine energetic grid of my womb that opened during lovemaking, we both said, what do we want to create while we're in this space? And when a womb opens into that dark energetic space, it's definitely cold. It's still, there's no energetic current. You are just literally in space where nothing exists. You go into this empty room, so to speak, and go, I want to create this thing. So we both went into this space during lovemaking and said we wanted to conceive a child. And what we didn't realise at the time was we never actually specified delivery of that child. We only specified conception together. So I felt pregnant during that, that particular experience, but then sadly 10 weeks later I miscarried because we did not realise that we got exactly what we asked for. <laughs> We yeah. didn't actually ask for the delivery of the child to be earthside. Where it's like going in and saying, hey, can you give me a chair to sit on? But you only say the seat. You don't describe the legs. You don't put the walls in the room. That's how powerful that energy is. And you have to be 100% accurate in your description because you will get exactly what you ask for. You are creating something from nothing. Literally is the best way to explain it when you're working with that energy. And it's extremely powerful. And while that lesson was very painful for me and my partner, it taught me that how powerful that energy is to work with. And when you're working with it, make sure you've got your whole entire list of, of what it is to work with. And, um, and that was also part of my womb initiation of the, the programs that I run to teach other women. I had to embody that journey so I could teach it to others as to, well, this is what can happen if you don't put your listing correctly and create from scratch. And the womb can be used to birth projects, to birth babies, to come up with artistic creations, all sorts of things. We just have to be willing to surrender to the energy of creation and think on a clear space, which is beautiful. Mm. And something I have literally just realized in this moment is how potent other people's energy are, like what your energy is, even though you may not realize it at the time, because I, I've known all week that we're connecting and I knew you had something to do with womb stuff. Mm -hmm. The last couple of days I have had dreams about being heavily pregnant <laughs> and like actually, you know, feeling it from the outside and mm. feeling something in my womb. And I have also had pains, little nothing dramatic just little tweaks of pain in my left ovary mm, and interesting yeah and then this morning or actually i think it was closer to lunchtime i had one and went oh what is this message you're telling me and i had this overwhelming urge to go into a facebook group and just share something i've never shared mm. ever before it was just expression at its purest and yeah all leading up to a conversation with you and obviously picking up on your energy leading <laughs> yeah. into 
And that's actually quite a common occurrence that a lot of clients I work with say sometimes about 15, 20 minutes, sometimes two hours before a session starts, they feel their body rumbling with stuff and emotions start shifting. Physical body pains is is an emotion that's getting ready to purge. And my energy starts to work even before we connect because my field's quite strong and people can feel that. And that's a beautiful gift because the womb can store fear, can store pain. All of our secrets can be stored in there. And when we as women don't process that emotion every single month, that's what leads to really painful cycles when we're bent over backwards with cramping, infertility issues, sexual dysfunction, because the womb will try and process on behalf of our emotions, the the emotions that we're not processing. And if we can't process it in our bodies through crying and getting angry and things like that, the womb will try and do it for us. And there's only so much she can take, right? And Mm. then she wears out. And when women get close to menopause, That's when you'll see the energy, you know, when they get irrational mood swings, they get hot sweats because that's just the fire energy that's moving through the whole entire body. The body is still trying to process anger and emotional distortions, but the womb is not bleeding anymore to get rid of it. So the energy has to go somewhere else. And women can absolutely, when they clear the trauma in their womb and the seven gates can absolutely have a beautiful ecstatic menopause if they do the energetic clearing work prior to getting there as well. And, you know, some women that I've worked with that have been trying to conceive for four or five years of IVF, once we've gone in and cleared the energetic blocks that are there, they've conceived within two months. So it's kind of like, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing as women. That's my one of my big passions is to clean one woman up at a time so as a collective we can just start a whole new portal of beautiful things. Yeah. And sexual divinity and pleasure is our birthright as a woman. So. Oh, so much. Actually, I noticed that in your post as well, you had a comment about sex magic's going to disappear. I've only just discovered that it even exists. And now you're yeah. telling me it's going. What's what's going on there? Uh, what I mean by that is that there's a um, an epidemic around pleasure your way to money. And that's not an equal energetic exchange in, in my view that, oh, if you bring yourself to orgasm, it's going to bring money to you instantly, right? It, there's kind of like an abuse feeling to that, in my opinion. Sex magic, when you refer to like Mary Magdalene and Isis and the priestesses, you know, Mary Magdalene was Jesus's muse. So she used her sexual pleasure or guise with him to elevate his car body so he could cross over to the next plane when he passed away to then come back and reincarnate. So there's that history there, which that's the pure divinity of energetic exchange. There's no, I guess, expectation on that other than the equal energetic exchange. And energy is money, yes, but the sex magic can be abused. In the tantric world, there's been a lot of history of sexual abuse at the hands of tantric teachers. So that is not cool in that sense. So the sexual divinity and the sex magic, to me, what feels really aligned is in the union of a sacred union with a person in deep love, whether it's, you know, a male-male partnership, female-male partnership or female-female partnership. That's where the magic lies because then souls can become embodied in sexual alchemy. And then when both lovers are actually highly pleasured, that's when the magic of money comes in abundance in your life there. Not when you're doing it to get that, if that makes sense. Does that yeah, so much clarity with that? Yeah. There's just no abuse with that. It's just you're you're using your sexual magic purely to please your partner and bond on a human soul level. And that's just the automatic outcome that comes from that. And what about those that don't have a partner? That's where self-pleasure practices can come in on your own. This is about like connecting to your own body and your own energetic systems. And 
most women that I've worked with at the start of my practice is an epidemic of what I consider mental body women. They're in the masculine where they think all day long. They think they should do things. They're in a hurry all the time. They make decisions and they ignore their intuition and their heart. So a good way to really get back into your body is through self-pleasure. One of the practices that I get a lot of clients to do when they first start doing womb work with me is to actually yoni gaze at their own yoni. And you'd be surprised to hear that almost all of the clients haven't looked at the yoni before with a mirror. They haven't actually gazed at themselves. They're completely disconnected from their sex. The thought of actually self-pleasure with a beautiful massage or a massaging yourself down there um, is completely foreign to them. But what that's a really beautiful indication of, if you could sit there in that space and love yourself without the goal of orgasm, just to connect that's where the beautiful um, sexual alchemy can start because sexual dissatisfaction in partnerships is an epidemic. We have somehow come to the conclusion where if you don't orgasm during sex, you failed. You failed yourself or you failed your partner. Yeah. The act of sex itself is about union with another. If you orgasm, that's fine. But if you don't and you're beautifully connected, if you go in with that outcome, there's going to be no disappointment. There's going to be no, oh, well, you're responsible for my orgasm and you didn't. So that means you're a bad lover. Just let's just connect our bodies and our hearts and souls and connect. And whatever that is that's perfect at that time is a beautiful exchange. And we can do that with ourselves as well, just in self-pleasure, male or female. Just drop in, connect your body and really listen to what is it that your body has to say to you, whether it's you, you massaging yoni, whether you're getting a body massage, that can be a form of self-pleasure as well, and just dropping in and going, how does she feel today? How does he feel today? And see what words of wisdom are there. Mm. Yeah, that's so powerful too. And just another great reminder of that self-trust, whether it is in pleasuring or whatever, it's just really taking notice of your body because so many of us, for so many years have looked outside of ourselves to be fixed or healed or Mm. something. And I'm not saying that going to see other people for that is a bad thing, but we forget to actually listen to those messages within ourselves, Mm. like the little tinge I had in my ovary, you know, actually really start to take notice of our bodies instead of going, fuck, I've got a pain. I'm just going to take Panadol and numb that shit. It's really starting to take notice of what's going on in our bodies. Yeah, and there's something that's activated whenever you feel pain in your body. That's one of the first practices I do whenever I feel pain now is I use my own modality on myself and go, well, I've got pain in the right shoulder. Is there an emotion stuck there? And I test myself and I'm I clearer energetically. doesn't matter how the emotion got there. It's important to move it because that's what causes physical disease when there's emotional disease going on in the body. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the only one I really struggle with is headaches because mm-hmm. yeah. it just yeah. hurts too freaking much. Yeah. So I just have to wallow in that. <laughs> yeah. And a, and a really good tool for people that think a lot and get headaches is because they're trying to process something in their energy that's being stuck in their crown and it's not moving out. So a really good practice is either talk it out, talk out your feelings, even if you're talking to yourself, or write it all out because quite sitting there stewing in your head, it's not going anywhere. It's just staying there. And even if it's irrational thoughts, just write them down because then you can do a brain dump. And then if you want to read it back and you go, wow, that's really dumb. What I was just thinking, I can't believe I've been stewing over this, right? And then it removes the energy. Um, If it's anger, a really good practice is to scream into a pillow or punch because that moves the energy coming through. And a really important point to, I guess, differentiate is if you are feeling an emotion, our general thought process is 
why am I feeling this? And you go crazy looking for why you've woken up and go, I feel sad today. And you go looking for a reason. And if you start looking for a reason to be sad, you're going to find some stuff, right? Oh, you'll always find what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. But is it rational thoughts? Where if you just wake up and go, I feel sad today, and then go, is it something there? And you go, no, it's just energy moving out of your body. So then just ask yourself, what do I need to process this today and give myself nurturing? And sometimes that might be to have a go out by the beach, have a cup of coffee, might be going for a swim, might be going for a walk in nature. It's just energy that's moving. And energy we attract from our own thoughts, from what we're exposed to on TV, people that we interact with, we could be absorbing their energetic field. And sometimes it's not our emotions that we're actually feeling, it's someone else's, which is really important to notice and have a look at. And and that's when we can feel body pain from that too. Oh, yeah, I love that. So just a perfect reminder, I'm so glad you shared that, is to just connect in every morning mm. and ask yourself what you need, not why. Yeah, yeah. What a great reminder. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Yeah. And sometimes that may just be, I need to go have a bath today. Or like I woke up today and went, what do I need today? And I knew I was seeing you this afternoon. And I went, I need a haircut today. The last couple of days, my hair's been annoying me. So I went and had a haircut this morning. And other days would be like, oh, I need to go have a cup of coffee by the beach because my soul feels tired and lacking inspiration. Um, sometimes it'd be, I need to walk barefoot in my grass in the garden. It's different every day. And then when you honour that, you're just in that space of real dropping into your body and embodiment and you'll find that you'll start to really slow down in life and not be so busy. Then you won't react with triggers all the time. You won't be stressed all the time because if you wake up and go, what do I need today to be centered? And you practice that as early as you can in the day, the rest of the day just flows. There's just no angst. You don't react to things. Yeah. It's a beautiful way to start. Ah, totally. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I've enjoyed every single second of it. Yeah, you're so welcome. How can anyone get in touch with you? Oh, yes. Okay. I'm soon to be releasing my new website, uh, which is mystiquetemple.com. So www.mystiquetemple.com. I'm on Facebook. I've just recently changed my name to Amelia Jane. So I've, I've dropped my surname because it's my ex-husband's name. <laughs> so I just <laughs> felt it was reason. time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm soon to be remarried, but I just really felt into recently as to, well, who is my identity belonging to? So I, my middle name is Jane. If you search Amelia Jane on Facebook, you'll find me there. I also have a business Facebook page called Mystique Temple School of the Arts. I'm also on Instagram under the same name as well. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, Sally. It's been lovely talking to you today. We so appreciate you listening in and growing alongside us. We'd love it if you could rate, review and share with friends.